Hey, when does the show start? Hey, wait a minute. <gasps> First, let's hear from our sponsors. Oh, okay. In just a minute. They don't call Mad Dog Manny for nothing. Talking about Manny Aurora, who visits the Bailey Show podcast a couple times a month. We talk defense, criminal law, right? That's what he does for a living. Located in Atlanta, Georgia, but practices nationwide. Handled litigation in 19 different states. Any questions that you might have for Manny Aurora, you can either shoot it to him personally at his law firm, theauroralawfirm.com, or you can call our hotline and leave us a voicemail for the next visit from Manny Aurora. Oh, Mad Dog Manny Aurora, 404-369-3825. As a former prosecutor, they at the Aurora Law Firm understand the other side of the case. Top 100 national trial lawyers at the Aurora Law Firm, specializing in criminal law. If you need them, you need to get a hold of them today. TheAuroraLawFirm.com. And again, you got any questions for Mad Dog Manny Aurora next time he stops in the studio, get a hold of us, PodcastTheBS.com. Look, doing a new kitchen or bath, that's a big undertaking, right? So you want to go to somebody that's like a one-stop shop, like UCI Kitchen and Bath. They've been Atlanta's number one cabinet, granite, and quartz fabricator and installer for the past 20 years. That's what I'm talking about, a one-stop shop. Uh, They provide the installation of whatever you buy. Speaking of, you mentioned the BS, the Bailey Show podcast, and you're getting 10% off your regularly priced countertops. That's a nice little savings, right? You can visit the Norcross, Georgia showroom location. Let their design team transform your kitchen and bathroom into a beautiful and functional environment to fit your personality. It's just upping your property value. You can get with all the latest trends because they got them right there on the showroom. Servicing all of Georgia and parts of Alabama, Tennessee, North Carolina, South Carolina, and Florida. How do you get a hold of them? Very simple. UCIGranite.com. The letters U-C-I, the word granite.com. <laughs> Want to come to a party? The Bailey Show Podcast presents podcast and pours to Halliversary, Saturday, October 29th, starting after the UGA game at Tannery Row in Beaufort, Georgia. Live music from The Verb Pipe. I won't be held responsible. Also, the all-veteran band, Distinct Grace, a live DJ, a live recording of the BS, and two Halloween costume contests, totaling $1,000 in cash prizes. Dollar store, less is more, Halloween costume contest. $40 early bird ticket price while they last, and $100 for VIP, which includes free food and a drink. Join everyone from the BS Network as we celebrate Halloween, the one-year anniversary of the podcast, and Bailey getting fired. That's what's up! More details and to purchase tickets, go to podcastthebs.com. Podcastthebs.com. It's better than radio. (laughs) I love people. All right, all right, all right. The BS presents Let's Talk To. People are strange when you're a stranger. I cannot wait to see who it is. Oh, wait. I hope it's Frank Sinatra's ghost. Podcastthebs.com. It's better than radio. Brandon texted me the other day and he was like, you know who I talked to and who would love to come on the podcast? And I said, who's that? He said, Gina Ann Riggs. I said, Gina, we had her on the radio show. You know, she's uh, Carl from Walking Dead's mom. She lives here in town. I was like, oh, my God, I'd love to talk to her again. She was such a fantastic guest. And she's so nice and she's so sweet. What the hell ever happened to her kid? <laughs> you know? Um, so... Lo and behold, our guest right now is Gina Ann Riggs. How are you, Gina? Hey, I'm good. Thank you for having me. What's a nice surprise. Yeah, well, tell a nice surprise for us as well. Uh, let's start off with how's business. You know, you and my wife are in the same business being a realtor. Uh, she, oh, I didn't know she was a, a realtor too. Yeah, she is. She's been killing it. I'm sure, you know, with your connections, you probably are killing it too. 
it's, you know, I, I'm sure you, you understand the, the, how crazy it's been. The market's been insane. Um, you know, but it, luckily things seem to be shifting back more toward a normal, mm-hmm. it's still not normal, but it's shifting. So, right. which is good. So, so did you like, I, I it, for some reason, this, I remember this vividly of talking with, this is in the earlier days of the walking dead. Um, the blonde, who played Laura, I think. You know, Lori? Lori, Lori. Oh, no, well, no, no. Um, there was Lori Holden who played Andrea. Is yes, that yes, her? that's who I'm talking about. She died yeah. She died in the room. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. So, yeah. And she was looking to move here. Um, and, and, and I don't know if she'd already died on the show or not, but she was looking to move here. And then when we talked to you, and I meant to bring this up, I was like, I bet you all these people, these cast, these actors that want to move here, your son's like, you know, mom can help you find a place. <laughs> I actually helped um, Christian, um, who played uh, played Rosita. Uh-huh, yeah. I helped her sell her house. She just, she had um, bought a house when she was working on the show and then just decided she didn't want to be a homeowner anymore. She, it was just too much, you know, to take care of the yard and the house problems and all that. So she wanted to go back to apartment living. So I helped her sell her house. Um, so that was fun. And then Chandler's house that he had bought right before he, they killed off his character. Um, we had to figure out what to do with his house. So we actually rented that one out to Jeffrey Dean Morgan for a couple of years. Oh, really? Before I sold it. Yeah. How, how, so he did did he pay his rent on time? Was he okay? He was an awesome tenant. Okay. I, <laughs> the I, one thing he requested was to, he wanted a fence and a gate around the house. So um, we did that for him. We, we got him a nice fence and a nice little secure gate so no one could access his home. That'd but, be yeah. pretty cool to have Negan as your tenant. Oh, I know. He's a nice guy. He's a good guy. Wait a minute. Your, your, your son, Chandler, bought a house uh, when he was on the show. He was like, how old, how old was he when he bought this house? He had just turned 18. And uh, he had just bought the house, and we had bought a house down there, too. Um, in Sonoy. In Sonoy. Um, and I think it was two weeks. He bought it because he had just graduated high school. He was 18. And when you turn 18, you work adult hours where, you know, you might be working all night. And I didn't want him working all night. And then um, at that time, he had planned to go to UGA. So I didn't want him driving three and a half hours after working all night to go back to UGA. So we wanted him to have a place to crash. Mm. Um so he had just bought a house down there. We had just bought a house that we were going to use as an investment property. It was an old church that was built in 1890 that had been converted to a house. And, and we were going to rent that out and then stay down there some when he was filming just so we could see him. Um, two or three weeks after we closed on both of those homes, they called us in and told us that they were killing his character off. <laughs> oh. His accountant was the first person who knew about it because we're like, what do we just do? We just spend all this money. What do we do? He's like, it's okay. You're okay. Just rent it out. Yeah. So. That's it. That's the equivalent in, in the radio business of uh, just buying a house and they decide to not up your contract. That's why you don't buy it towards the end of the contract. You always buy. Oh, yeah. I, I, I've had this. Uh, when I was in the radio business, not currently, obviously, but I would buy, I would make one big purchase at the beginning of each contract. And then, <laughs> and then I would be more frugal throughout the contract, especially the the last half or the last quarter. But if yeah. I were going to buy a house, I'd be like, let's wait to the next contract. I was going to buy a TV or a car or something like that. It was always at the beginning of the contract. So wh- wh- you kind of probably were a little pissed off at him. Like you guys, you can't kill him. We just bought two houses down here. And it was the beginning of his contract too. He had just, he had just, um, his, his original contract was seven years. And then, and so that one was up. He was starting his eighth season. We had, we had renegotiated everything and thought that everyone was happy with the deal. Um, so, I mean, we'll, I'll never know the true reason why they did what they did, but, um, I feel like in the end, it's been for the best for Chandler and for his growth as an actor and just as, you know, a person, he was going to go to UGA and try to juggle school and work again. Mm. And, um, and once they killed his character off, he said, you know what, I'm not going to go to UGA. I'm not, I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do with a sociology degree. I'm just going to go to LA and see what happens out there. And so, um, and so he did, and he immediately booked, uh, the show a million little things on ABC and, um, so I feel like it's it was the best 
thing in the end for him. Of course, at the time we were ticked. We were like, yeah. what is happening? Um, but he, everything's good. He's fine. So when you sign one of these contracts, is it like a, a if you know anything could change at any time, there's no no cut, there's no guarantees. It's like if um, we change I mean, it. I don't know what all I'm allowed to say, but it, he he, it was for a certain number of years with with a guarantee of a certain time frame. So for during that certain time frame, he was going to get paid no matter what. And then after that, it was at their uh, gotcha. option to yeah. kill him off. So yeah. he still got a check after the fact, which was nice. I mean, they yeah, yeah that's good. That was like you just signed a new deal. I mean, how, yeah. how how far in advance are you writing this script? You got to know that you're killing this character off if it's only two weeks. Yeah, I mean, I would have thought I would have thought that um, that they would have known. Yeah, to me before, too. like a long time before they told us, they didn't know that we had just bought the houses. Is is it is it like when your kid is on a team and then like a high school team and you're 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 all for that high school team? And then something happens, they get kicked off or they move on to another team in college. You no longer care about that team. You, you just care what team your kid's on. Was it when Chandler was Carl on Walking Dead, we were wearing Walking Dead sweatshirts or we're Walking Dead, Dead hats, we're going to the conventions. And then when he's killed off, we're like, can't stand that show. I ain't watching it ever again. I will say I didn't really watch it anymore after <laughs> I don't blame he got you. <laughs> I don't blame you but at it's all. It's a show that I probably wouldn't have watched anyway, unless you know. But he was on it, so I had to watch it, and I, I did get invested in the in the story and the characters. And um, I think I've only watched one episode past when his character got killed off. Yeah. So I, I, we still do the conventions. We go to the conventions and, you know, the show, you know, it was, it was great. It was a great experience for him. It was life changing for all of our family. So, I, I mean, I appreciate everything that was given to us and, and all the experiences that we had. Um, so, I, I mean, I, I don't regret it, you know, business is business and uh, life goes on. How, how was that though? The, the, I mean, you knew it was coming. At least they told you. They sat you down. I'm sure they probably did that because he's a child. And you have to watch, especially, you know, how it happened. I mean, that was, like, I, even I was taken back from it just a little bit. You know, and, and if you're not a Walking Dead fan, um, you know, Carl gets bit, and then uh, he decides to take his own life. And Rick, his dad, Andrew Lincoln, leaves, I forget who else was there at the time. Um, there's there's one other person. It, was, it wasn't Michonne because they weren't together at the time. I don't think yet. I think it was Daryl. No, I don't think it was Daryl. I think it was. It there was were a, a bunch of people. Like you're talking about, like at the very the very end. Yeah, when they walk out of the house at the end, but like right when they walk out, like Rick and and Carl are he's saying his last words, and Rick was going to do it, and then he was like, "No, I'll do it." They were in that tunnel thing that right. at the very, very end. Um, and every, I know Michonne, like, most of them were there. Like they all came over and said their goodbyes to him, um, in that tunnel at the very, very end. Yeah. It was emotional. <laughs> well, that's what I'm asking. I mean, in real life, just to watch your, I mean, they don't show it, but the assumption that your child is taking their own life. I mean, you're not now looking at Carl, um, Grimes uh, in the walking dead. You're looking at Chandler Riggs in real life, probably. Yeah. Um, and it's funny, you know, the emotions that come because, you know, it's fake and, you know, you know, but but yeah, knowing that it was the very end and we I didn't know when we were going to see these people again. Um, we asked since Chandler was 18, we didn't have to be on set anymore at that time, but we did ask for uh, you know to be allowed to come and be with him on the final day of his the, the, the filming. Um and yeah, it was emotional, but going back to it, it being Chandler and not Carl, that reminds me of um, a story. It was a season two and Chandler never liked for me to be visible to him on set. Um, it, it would mess him up. And I understand that. So we were at the farmhouse and it was right after his character got shot um, back in season two, but that, that shot, there was the deer scene and, mm -hmm. and he got shot and he was yeah. like in a coma. There's one scene where he's in the bed in the farmhouse and he's screaming out because he's in pain and, and they have to do the scenes over and over and over and over again. And, um, 
being the good mom, I was down in the basement of the house, just away from him. And, um, but I thought, you know, after they had done it several times, I thought, well, I'll just go up and, and, um, just stand like, you know, in video village where the producers are and they're watching little monitors. So I went upstairs and and he didn't know I was watching. Um, but the producers turned around and they saw me standing there and they're like, are you sure you want to do this? I mean, this is a really emotional scene. I'm like, oh, I'm fine. It's fine. I mean, it's fake. It's good. But seeing him cry out and hearing, you know, that's Chandler. The tears started coming down my face and it was like, it was just automatic. I couldn't help it. Mm-hmm. And even though I knew it wasn't Chandler, it was just like, they turned around like, Oh my gosh, Oh my gosh, are you okay? I'm like, I'm fine. I'm going to go outside. I'm still okay. <laughs> under a tree for about an hour. <laughs> I was fine, but it was just like, it was automatic. It just happened. Yeah. Um, so same kind of thing, you know, with his death, you know, just watching it on the monitors and going, Oh my gosh, this is just terrible. (laughs) Here's a question I've never asked a guest, nor do I ever want to ask a guest, or I think I will ever ask a guest ever. Are you ready? Yeah. Is there a different way you would have want your son to die? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't know. I mean, I feel like it would have been fun for him to do something just like heroic heroic and action. And, you know, I kind of feel like it was a letdown the way it was done. Just, you know, oh, he got bit by some guy. We don't know who he is yet. And and here we are. And he's just going to shoot himself in the dark in the tunnel. Um, I feel like they did as much with that as they could with having him write the letters and, you know, being an emotional thing. But I think for him, it would have been cool to like, have an accident doing something really cool, you right. know. Um, the, 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 be, the best death uh, on The Walking Dead is Herschel when he gets decapitated. Oh gosh, by the I know, but that was the worst. It was the best oh, and the worst. It was like, horrible. It was absolutely horrible because he was such a beloved character, not yeah. only on the show but in real life. Yeah. And and uh, and I got the chance to meet him. Uh, Irony introduced me to him one time and. I was such a speaker. Oh my God. What a, what a fantastic human being. And he's a fantastic actor. I mean, not just the walking dead, but have you ever seen the, the heartbreak kid, you know, the, the, he plays, he's in that he's fantastic. Oh, he's in so many things. If you yeah. go back and watch older shows yeah. and movies, all of a sudden you'll go, Oh my gosh, there's Scott Wilson. Mm-hmm. He was yeah. in so many things. Yeah. Do you think, you know, this ran across my mind just because of this kind of world that we live in um, is that, Carl's death was early, it pushed a little too early so they could showcase Judy and have more of a female presence versus a, a boys club. I think, you know, there's been other theories that, that said um, Henry kind of took his spot um, as being the, the, the boy, you yeah. know? Mm. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't agree with the way they did it. Yeah. I wish that they had followed the comics all the way to the end, but um, yeah, I mean. So in the comics, he lives to the end. I, I'm not familiar with the, how the yes. comics are. Oh, yeah, he does. Oh, that's kind of yeah. weird. So, so that's why, you know, it was a complete shock to so many people. They're like, Oh, they're not going to kill Carl. Cause he's, he's still there. He's at the very end. He's still there. Yeah. That's, that's very odd, but you get it. I mean, your, your whole family's talented. I mean, you're, you, you're, you're an actress. You, you know, the business. Yeah. I mean, you never, you just never know. Yeah. So I do, I do theater mostly though. Yeah. I like, I like the uh, immediate feedback from theater. Hold up. Wait a minute. Let's hear from our sponsors. Watkins Law Firm, trial and litigation attorneys. So if it's personal injury, wrongful death, contracts and transactions, landlord and tenant disputes, or just general civil litigation, Watkins Law Firm, dot LLC is where you need to go. Get a hold of Tyler Watkins, Watkins Law Firm dot LLC. And here's Tyler's tip of the day. So get this. It's easier to sue someone if their dog injures your livestock than it is if it injures you. If you're attacked by someone else's dog, you can only recover from the owner if you can show the dog had previously attacked someone or if it was violating a leash law. However, if that dog injures livestock, then you don't have to show anything. Amazing, isn't it? Get a hold of Tyler Watkins, Watkins Law Firm, LLC, serving all of Georgia. Next time, 
Talk to Tyler, help you help your business get to the next level. And you do that by incorporating create graphics in there, whether it's vehicle wraps, corporate events you might be having, interior, exterior events, graphic design and apparel. Create Graphics is a full service graphics company that specializes in graphic design, wide format printing and graphic installation excellent customer service where every project is going to get that one-on-one experience from start to finish creategraphics.net c-r-e-a-t-e-g-r-a-p-h-i-x.net or you can call 770-369-9962 770-369-9962 tired of ants on your countertop while you're cooking can't go outside without getting eaten by mosquitoes uh. Give Inspect All Pest Services a call. They've got everything you need to get rid of all that stuff just mentioned. Whether it's ants, roaches, fleas, or ticks, Inspect All has got you covered. With their year-round pest treatments, live without the worry or hassle of pests. Give Inspect All Pest Services a call today, 770-483-2420, 770-483-2420. Mention the BS, get your first initial service for free. And back to you, Jason. I, I I was looking at your social media and I saw this weirdo. Let me read this. I actually did a screenshot. <laughs> so you were promoting Dragon Con, right? I, I, yeah. I don't remember the date on this, but it was like, we're so excited to be a part of Dragon Con once a year because that's huge. And that's a great moneymaker to put cash in the pocket. Oh, yeah. uh, I've been to plenty of them when they're in Atlanta and like Norman Reedus, Jesus, it's like a rock star. Uh, yeah. Lines out the damn building. It's pay, people yeah. are paying 200 bucks just to be in the, the same air as him. I know. It's crazy. It and, is insane. Uh, Chandler would be there Friday through Sunday. We'll be doing a live D&D panel and a bunch of hashtags. And then somebody replies, hey, would Chandler still be happy to see me if I went to another convention? I just don't want him to not like me anymore or feel sick of seeing me. I was like, that's really personal. Who are you? Well, there, you know, there's a lot of people that are that follow me on Instagram who are fans of his, who are young, or who um, there's there's a, there's several of them that have special needs. I mean, you just never know who it is that's oh. doing this. So I just try if I do answer, I just I'm very kind with my answers. Cause I don't know, I don't know who these people are. Um, and sometimes it's just for attention. You know, they just, they just want me to answer them. So they'll say something kind of like that, where you're going to call it out and to make me look at it and answer them. And then they're happy if I just answer them. But they feel like they have a relate, like, you know, because of how big the show was, I don't think it's as big as it used to be. I mean, I, I feel horrible because I jumped off the ship. I just couldn't keep up with it anymore. I was like, yeah. look, as much as I, I was all in at the very beginning, you know, through throughout like eight seasons, nine seasons, and it was up to the last couple seasons. I was like, you guys are very confusing. I don't know when you're starting. I don't know when you're stopping. You're doing, yeah. you know, a, a, the mid season. Uh, I don't know. I don't get it anymore. And I, and I'm not following what you're trying to accomplish with the characters and, and what you're trying to achieve. I just, I, they went too long is what they've done. And I know it's ending here uh, soon. I think uh, it's supposed to conclude in November, right? It, it, it just started. Yeah, but then there's all the spinoffs. Yeah, then you got the Rick spinoffs that was supposed to be a movie, but now they're going to do a, a, a TV series out of it, right? And then the Maggie and ne- Negan spinoff. And I think there's a third. Yeah, the the um, the Carol and Daryl spinoff that's now just Daryl because Carol's not going to be in it. So yeah, they're all, they're all, it's all continuing just in three shows now instead of one. But the zombie thing isn't a thing anymore. Well, I know. I mean, like, I I think it's kind of run its course, but it, God, there's so many fans that are still out there that watch every single episode and, and love it and are just as excited as they were from day one. So Nate, when did you jump off? Cause you were a fan at the beginning too, right? Yeah. I don't, I, maybe when Glenn died, oh, but um, him and Ava. yeah, or I think it was just when they kept on keep like, at, at first it seemed like they were changing the villain every season right. and then they just kept on keeping Negan and he just got away every time. And I'm like, okay, all right, I'm done. Cause I like to see the villain get killed usually at the season finale. So. I, I'm, I'm turning on Oak Island. I believe that more than I believe this walking dead stuff. <laughs> Nikki, you were never a fan, were you? 
Um, I actually watched a few. I never watched it live on TV. I watched it on Netflix. Oh, you did? So you were a fan? I, I, I got up to, I think, the first five seasons, but it's just so long. I couldn't keep up with it. What do you mean? Like the episodes were long or just? No, the seasons. It's like I'd watch a season and be like, oh, how many's left? And they're like, oh, you got 40 more left. And I'm like, <laughs> so I fell off. <laughs> you know, the, the, with, with, with society's attention span, you kind of have to put a shelf life on. I think five seasons is good. Like back in the day, and you'll probably be able to talk uh, more about this than I would, Gina. But back in the day, the idea was if you could get on network television for three seasons, you could go into syndication. Wasn't that the rule? No. I don't know. Oh, I don't, okay. I don't. So that, that, I always thought that that was the rule. Like, and then once you go into syndication, you know, like Seinfeld or friends or something like that, then you'll have a paycheck the rest of your life. That's, that's I mean, what that you sounds, are. Yeah. That sounds like it would be correct. I mean, because if you're gone three or four seasons, then you've got a huge fan base right. and it can support that. Yeah. Yeah. And you'll never be without paycheck. And that's kind of the, the name of the game is, is to be able to do that. Never, you know, there's always those television stations, those, you know, OOs that are looking for some type of programming that, that'll pick it up. Um, but back to these, you know, these, these people, these fans, in, in, because the show was so big, they feel like if they've met your son, that they're now best friends and they can communicate with you on social media. Did, did you ever have them showing up at your house or anything like that? Yes. Oh. Um, a couple of times. We, gosh, there was one, I don't remember which, which season it was or what year it was, but um, Chandler was probably 13, 14, 15, maybe. He had, it was a Friday night. He had a bunch of his buddies in the basement playing video games. And it was like 9.30 at night and the doorbell rang. And we have double front doors that have windows. Um, so we can see out, but we had blinds back then. And on one of the doors, the blinds were, op was, uh, were open and the other, the blinds were closed. So I could see through one of the doors and I could see there was a like a girl, like a teenage looking girl. So I opened the door and then there was a guy also there standing right in front of me. And it took me by surprise. And I didn't know these kids. And um, they, the guy was like, is Chandler here? And I was like, um, who are you? And they're like, oh, we're just big fans of Chandler. And we heard he lives here. Wow. And like panic is setting in. I'm like, oh my gosh, what do I do? What do I say? And all I could think of to say was, I'm sorry, this is a private residence. I'm going to have to ask you to leave. Yeah. And I closed the door, locked it, and I yelled down to Chandler, I'm like, look, the basement door, there's people outside trying to get <laughs> to see you. And so I ran to another uh, room and looked out the window just to see where they were going. And they were walking up the street. Um, and I don't know if they had a car parked up the street or if they were visiting someone at the street and someone told them where we live. I don't know. But that prompted us to get cameras mm -hmm. and an alarm system because we don't ever have to worry where we live. But um, yeah, now we have cameras. And then the other time was um, Halloween. At Halloween, we, we live in a cul-de-sac and all the neighbors come out into the cul-de-sac and have, you know, food and drinks and hand out the candy from the cul-de-sac. So no one has to actually go to all of the houses in our cul-de-sac. So this family um, drove up, which is not uncommon. I mean, people, people drive around with their kids. And this guy came up and asked, you know, which one's Chandler's house? And <laughs> luckily, my neighbor just took over and he was like, I'm sorry, what? He is. Well, we heard we heard that Chandler Riggs lives here and and he named off our address. And the guy was like, mm, our friend was like, mm, I, I don't know. He's not here. And he is. Well, we drove from Tennessee to oh, Jesus. see him. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, what do we do? So um, th but our neighbor took care of it and they left. You know, they were they were nice people. They just it's like, golly. oh, and then there was one other time a mom was parked outside of our house with her son. And um, Grayson, our youngest son, was in his bedroom. He was like, Mom, somebody's out there. They're taking pictures. I'm like, don't go to the door. Just nobody go to the door. Her son got out of the car. She's watching. She's videoing him. He comes and rings the doorbell. And, of course, I'm, like, texting everybody in the family, don't answer it, don't answer it. And I'm looking at him on the camera by this point. And he just stands there. He's looking back at his mom, and his mom's like, and then... <laughs> And they laughed, but I'm like, God, what, what, what were you going to do if we had answered that? Like what, yeah. what do you, 
that's 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 so odd and so scary and that's this is why southerners always end up on the id channels because (laughs) it's the bless bless your heart theory versus you know just saying hey freak get off my property or i'm gonna shoot you (laughs) get out of here you're too nice Oh, I don't know. Uh, I'm just like, just don't answer it. They'll go away. And they do. And I think that they don't mean any harm, but mm. they're just not, they're not thinking about what they're doing. Actually, you know, I say that I'd be hypocritical. I, I'm sound hypocritical because I had an, a, a situation where uh, we were at a Motley Crue concert and we were walking, I think we we're from walking from this bar stats in the back way um, to, it was the Georgia Dome at the time. And I was with my son and we were both big walking dead fans. And, uh, he'd had the opportunity just because of through the jobs of the business, you know, I'd become friends with irony and we'd go to the conventions and we knew some people just because I had them on the show and whatnot. So he's a little, little spoiled and whatnot. Um, of course, Norman Reedus being, you know, the, the, he was the biggest fan of Norman Reedus. So anyway, we're walking and I was on my phone, like a millennial, right? Not that I am, but I'm looking at, and in front of us was Norman Reedus, the guy that plays Abe, who we've had on the radio show a couple different times. And then, um, who's the director, the, the straw hair guy, Nick, uh, Greg Nicotero, Greg Nicotero. And they're probably about I mean, it was, it wasn't close, but it wasn't far away, maybe 15 yards in front of us. I didn't realize it. And we're walking and my son, as we were like, we were gaining ground on them, not on purpose. Cause I was on my phone and my son goes, Oh my God, there's Norman Reedus. And I said, Oh yeah, there he is. I was like, that's, that's pretty cool. Well, Greg Nicotero heard that and he runs back at us and he says, hey, man, we're not doing any autographs. We're not taking any pictures. I go, what? I go, what are you talking about? He goes, we're not doing any of that stuff. He was kind of a dick about it. Mm. And I'm like, okay, I, 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 that's fine. I, okay, thank you. Goodbye. You know, I, I, I was like, you arrogant ass. You know, like I, 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 my son just pointed out that was Norman Reese and you overheard it. You weren't even a part of our conversation. I remember right. I told that to the guy that plays Abe because uh, he was a fantastic guest every time we had Michael him. Michael yeah. yeah. He's a great guy. And yeah. um, what was his, uh, the big, was it Mother Dick that he, that he said on the oh, show? Yeah. That's great. <laughs> and, and I told him that and he was like, yeah. He goes, it's just, you just never know when we're out. And there's just so many you know fans. We, we try to have people kind of cut it off before it, ha- you know, before it happens. I was like, all right, well, it didn't set well with me. I wonder if it was, um, they used to always have the rap parties at stats. I wonder if it was like no, one of those well, nights. Well, no, it was, it was, we were pre-party. I don't know if they were coming from there or not. Um, we were just pre-partying before we went to Motley Crue. And they oh, went, okay. Yeah. Okay. And they, so they just happened to be right. out. And they, they gave them seats, you know, behind the soundboard and, you know, I oh, gotcha. okay. brought, them, brought okay. attention that, that Norman Reedus was there and stuff. But I was like. <laughs> I was like, dude, you really want me to, I got stories about Norman Reedus before the walking dead when he would go to tilt a killed on I drive in Orlando and I can name off the girls he took back with him. So don't, don't be that guy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and some, I mean, maybe something had just happened right before where, you know, they had gotten swarmed by people and he was kind of being on guard. I mean, you just, you don't know. You're right. So I, I say that you're very nice to people and I was not treated nicely and I was a victim of circumstance, but you know, it made me up. He's not from the South. Exactly. He's not from, he's not from (laughs) the South. So, uh, so he's off the show. Did he go through like a a depression period that he wasn't on the show, not doing anything? Did he stop watching? Did he stop keeping up with it immediately? He he stopped watching right then, but then he kept doing the conventions and people would ask him questions about things that were happening currently on the show. So he finally thought, you know, I just need to get caught up. So he he's caught up now. He is watching it and, and staying up to date so that he can answer questions about what's going on now in the show. Um, He did go back for the last day of filming just to be there on set on their, their last day of walking dead. Um, oh, so they've wrapped it up already. They've wrapped up filming. Yeah. Oh, they wrapped it up in March. I think it was March. Uh, yeah. Do they, do, do you know if at the end, do they all kind of have an appearance or something or do they count them down or 
I have no idea. No idea. Yeah. He didn't tell me anything. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's kind of cool. Well, well, but, but when he left, did he, did he think that because of the success of not only his character of the show, that he was just going to get handed a lot of opportunities or did it actually turn around and bite him because he was typecast? You know, the good thing was he was a kid on the show and now he's an adult. His hair's shorter. He doesn't even get recognized like he used to. I mean, he used to be with his long hair. We couldn't go out without him being recognized. Now he does not get recognized much at all. And in fact, people who watched The Walking Dead and then watched A Million Little Things, some of them didn't even know that was him because he looks so different now. So I think that was good um, in that he he has two completely different looks and um, but we did think that it would be a little bit easier for him to land mm. roles than it has been it just shows you you know there's a lot of talented people out there and you know he's a white boy right now mm. <laughs> you know it's the times are not favorable for casting white guys right now i don't think so um or I may be just overanalyzing. I don't know, but he's, he's come close to a lot of parts. He did just do a short film um, that he was the lead for. And if, if that short film does well, they've already written the feature length film. Oh, wow. so um, he'll, he, he's, you know, hoping for that, but he's auditioning like two or three times a week with really good parts. So. Wow. Is he auditioning in person? Like, is he going on the cattle calls or I heard they do it. You know, they, they do it differently now because of the pandemic that they a lot of the casting is still virtual. It's just easier. Yeah, um, things have shifted more to, to virtual right now. If there's callbacks, sometimes they'll, they'll bring them in. Um, but yeah, most of it's most of it's virtual. Even some of the callbacks, they're they're done, you know, like this or through Zoom um, with with casting directors and and. So yeah, that's, that's tough because, you know, I used to do a dab. I used to be a, a dabbling thespian back in my younger days, but you know, you go in there and you, there's just, there's a vibe, you know, if you, you know, that human connection where it's like, oh yeah, you're the right person. I was reading an article uh, not that long ago, Jonah Hill uh, during super bad, you know, which was one of his first films as a young actor. He hated the kid that played uh, McLovin and that's why Judd Apatow hired him. He says, you're perfect. Cause Jonah Hill came to him and said, I, I don't want him as the part. And he goes, I can't stand him. He drives me insane. Well, he was supposed to in the movie. So he's like, perfect. You're in, <laughs> you know, and they, that makes sense. They, they eventually became friends, but I don't know if you, you would get that, that interaction virtually to know that kind of stuff. Absolutely. You know, and I think being an actor myself, I always do better when I'm in the room with the person. Um, even if it's just me on a camera with the director behind the camera uh, sitting at a table, something about being in the room with the people, it, you, there's an energy there that you don't get from being you yeah. know, virtual. Well, I agree. Yeah. Was there uh, a part that you could tell us that he was excited that he was up for and uh, lost out and who he lost out to? The only audition that he had that he really, 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 really wished he could have gotten, and he didn't get too far into it, was um, the new Spider-Man. And he would have loved to have done that. But To play what part? Not Spider-Man. Mm -hmm. Oh, really? He was up for that part. That's, mm -hmm. a, that's a big part. And another person who was up for it was um, Matt Lentz, who... Uh, was the older Henry on Walking Dead. I don't know if you got that far when I you did. watched. Yeah. Um, it, the younger version was Matt's younger brother, Maxon. And then when they did the older version, it was Matt. They were both the Lentz kids um, who were both brothers of Madison Lentz, who was Sophia in season two. Really? So three out of the four Lentz kids have been on The Walking Dead. But yeah, so Matt was up for Spider-Man as well. And he got down to like all the screen tests at the end. But he didn't get that. But then now he's in uh, Miss Marvel. Oh, okay. And, uh, I'm, I'm getting, we're going to interview uh, somebody from Miss Marvel. I don't know. Oh, good. The, one of the women on there. I don't know. Okay. Not familiar with it. I got to probably brush up on my Miss Marvel. I don't even know what it is. <laughs> yeah. Chandler and Matt, Chandler and Matt end up um, auditioning for the same roles a lot. 
Oh, it's really? Just they're around the same age. Yeah. Who, uh, who from the cast did you stay in contact with? Maybe pop over, stay at the house, and get some dinner um, that you still be that you're still friends with to today. Um, I'm still friends with Michael Cutlets Abraham, mm-hmm. and um, I probably see him more than any of the others. He's at a lot of the conventions. Um, we. Chandler and I actually went to his house one time when we were out in LA before, before he moved out there when he was still on the show. Um, Michael had always said, if you're ever out there, come by and say, Hey, and I always joke. I'm like, don't tell the rigs to come by. Cause they will show up. <laughs> so we were out there um, when Chandler was auditioning for Spider-Man, we were out there and it was, we happened to be there on a Sunday and we weren't going to be able to see, um, the, the show because the condo we were staying in didn't have cable or whatever. So we weren't going to be able to watch walking dead on Sunday night. So I knew that we were close to Michael's house. So I called him and said, can we come over and watch the show with you? And so, um, he was like, sure. So we came over and, and, uh, Josh, who plays, um, Eugene, he ended up coming over with his wife and we cooked pizzas and watched the show. Um, we don't keep in touch with Andrew Lincoln much. Um, when we were out in, in England one year, we stopped by and, and um, saw him at his house. Um, but then just recently, I was in, we were in the UK for some conventions, and um, Tom Payne, who played Jesus, uh-huh. he was there with his wife and their cute little seven-month-old baby boy. And uh, we were doing a convention in Manchester the first weekend and then in Wales the second weekend. So during that weekend between, they put us all in this gorgeous 270 acre resort kind of place. And we all got to know each other really well. So now I'm, now I'm, now I'm friends with Tom and his wife. <laughs> well, he, he left with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. He's like the only one that when they killed him, they killed him off because I think what was it? A contract dispute, right? I don't know. I don't oh. know. Yeah. Cause he was, I liked his character. Actually, it's interesting you bring him up. There's the one scene, to the best of my knowledge, that has ne- like has never been revisited, and that was the initial meeting of Jesus when they meet him at the the gas station or something. Uh, Andrew Lincoln, um, Rick Grimes, and I forget who else was with him at the time. They had this box truck full of supplies, and Jesus drives it in the water or something, and it's in the bottom of this water, and I'm like. Why haven't you ever gone back to this this and get this truck out of the water? I mean, it's not that deep. It's just like if I'm in, a, in an apocalyptic world and I can't eat, I can't find anything to eat, I'm going in the water and I'm getting this truck or I'm opening the truck because it's non-perishable items. It blows me away that that was never revisited. <laughs> yeah, there were a lot of things that we questioned about the writing of the show. Um, it's like an odd thing, I know, but Walking Dead fans are going, oh yeah, I do remember that. There's a bunch of food at the bottom of that water and you know and you know where it's at. Uh, Nate, do you have a question for Gina? Yeah, Gina, so, excuse me, when uh, Chandler started getting into acting at the young age, was that something, like, he was interested in, or did you used to act, or, like, what what was the, was it, instead of putting him into, like, a sport or something, how did that decision come? Yeah, so I um, I have always done theater. I studied theater in college, um, and I didn't do a whole lot with it. I just, you know, I was became a school teacher, um, right out of college and just kept doing theater and community theaters. So when Chandler was four and Grayson, his younger brother was one, I decided I wanted to get back into doing some shows cause it had been four years since I'd done anything. Um, so my husband and I both were in just a local uh, production of guys and dolls and we couldn't afford a babysitter every night. So we'd pack up the kids and their snacks and toys and stick them in the back row of the theater while we would rehearse. Well, uh, Chandler started saying, I want to be on stage. I want to be on stage. So that theater, the next show they were doing was the show called Joseph and the amazing Technicolor dream coat. Mm-hmm. And it's about the story of Joseph and his coat of many colors. And in that show, it's an adult show, adult cast, but they also have a kid's choir in that cast. So the director of that show was in Guys and Dolls with us. And he said, oh, well, we'll we'll put him in the kids' choir. And his attention span isn't going to be long enough because he was four at the time. His attention span won't be long enough to stay through the whole show, but we'll put him in a couple of numbers. I'm like, oh, okay, that'll be cute. Well, he 
learned every song, every bit of choreography, all 27 colors of Joseph's coat before any of the adults learned it um, and blew everybody away. So, and he loved it. So then the next year when he was in kindergarten, he was five and he, uh, the church that we went to had a kids choir and every Christmas they had a, a Christmas production and it was the kindergartners through the sixth graders. And the sixth graders always got the speaking parts because it was their last year. Well, Chandler started saying, I want a speaking part. I want a speaking part. And um, so we let him audition. The, the director called me and she's like, he's really good. You know, do you think that he would be able to do a solo and speaking part in front of three or 400 people and do two shows back to back? And I said, yeah. He can do it. So he did. And that's when people started coming up to me and saying, you need to do something with him. Like he needs to be doing TV or something. And I said, I don't, I don't know anything about film or TV. So I got on the internet and started just trying to figure it all out. I started um, doing extras work myself just to get experience being on sets and figuring out, you know, just listening to the lingo and, and figuring the whole thing out and how it works. Um, And then I met a, I started, um, I joined a forum online of parents of acting actor kids. And uh, I saw that there was this one mom who kept commenting a lot and she lived in Atlanta and I noticed that she had daughters. So I thought, well, I'm no threat to her. I'm going to reach out to her because I have a son. And um, she kind of took me under her wing. Turned out we were sorority sisters from University of Georgia and didn't make the connection until later, but she helped me um, figure out how to get him into student films and independent films um, and helped him get an agent in Atlanta. And so that's how it started, you know, and from day one, I told Chandler, I said, when it is not fun anymore, we quit because it's, it's too hard. You know, it's, we're making sacrifices on our end. He's sacrificing his, his summers and his playtime. Um, but he kept saying, mommy, this is what I was born to do. I can just see myself on the red carpet one day when he was five, he said that. (laughs) That's great. What sorority were you in? Delta Gamma. Delta DG. You're DG. Yeah. Yeah, I had a a DG girlfriend in, in college. Did you? Yes, I did. Uh, I went to many DG functions at one time. <laughs> the the parent that helped you out in Georgia with the daughters, are they of name? Um, so the the mom who was my sorority sister, her name's Tracy Page, Tracy Bosworth Page. Um she is now a headshot photographer. So she was studying photography then, learning how to, to do headshots, and now she's she's a very well known headshot photographer in the Atlanta area. And her daughters, though, they, they are still her daughters active. did not pursue acting past young childhood. Interesting. I always wonder, you know, I can understand it. You know, I, I don't think most people can. It's like, oh, my God, you know, you're in this major motion picture and uh, you, you, everybody knows who you are. And you have this huge high, this ride for about a year or two. And you're like, I don't want to do it anymore. I just want to walk away. And, but you, you know, it's always in your blood. You know, I, I kind of compare like Chandler's journey, which is not even close to being over with the kid that played in E.T. You know, he did E.T. He did like uh, cloak and dagger and then he just disappeared. And then, you know, you're sitting there watching gangs of New York and you're like, God, that guy looks familiar. <laughs> and you're like, where has he been for 25 years? Just didn't want to do it. The guy that played Jake in 16 Candles was a teenage heartthrob in oh, the yeah. 80s. He left the business after that movie. Didn't do a thing afterwards. You know what he did? He went back to Pennsylvania to build furniture. Really? Because that was his calling. He yeah. just he just didn't like Hollywood. He just didn't he didn't want to pursue it anymore. And I get it. It's it's a tough it's a tough business, especially for kids cuz you know you're not, you're expected to be a tiny adult when you're on a set. Mm. Um, you can't be a kid and, and you know that your, your summers are going to be gone. You're, and you're spending any extra time studying and going to school. Chandler went to public school and took 10 AP classes. So he's working 50 hours a week, plus trying to cram everything in for all these really hard classes. It's, it is, it's tough and you have to be a self-motivated, mature little adult to yeah. be successful in this business. Nikki, do you have a question for Gina before we let her go? 
Um, speaking about being a mama bear, uh, is there a time on set where you had to step in, especially when he was younger, because something happened that you didn't like? Ooh, yes. That's a good one. Season three, when, when um, Lori is delivering the baby and she ends up having to have a C-section and and then she she dies and Carl's the one that has to shoot her. Um, it was... It was so bad. Like, I'm going to cry talking about it. It was so bad. We didn't know how bad it was on Chandler emotionally until way later. Um, and it because of that and because of how bad it was for Chandler, now they have a psychologist on set. And the fact they don't even hire kids to be on the show until they've gone through, like, psychology, psychiatric wow. tests. Um, but they, anytime there's something that's very sensitive or emotional, overly emotional, they have one on set. Um, I feel like they should require them to have a session with them and not just be available. I feel like they need to have a session with them because it affected him like we never imagined it would to the point where we were like still worried about him. We will always worry about him. Um, it was, it was bad. Wow. That's a great question. I never even thought about that. Thank you. Because that was a that that was a very traumatic scene, even for the audience yeah. to watch it. Because like that was kind of part of the gimmick of The Walking Dead. You were seeing things on no, quote unquote normal television, even though it was cable, that wasn't in Safe Haven. You know, after ten o'clock, uh, using profanity and having some pretty hardcore scenes decapitating you know and, and killing all the zombies i know they're zombies and they're fake and it's all it's all made up but like people looked at this as this is gonna happen cdc's got stuff for zombie apocalypse <laughs> this could happen so just be ready that's crazy yeah. all right yeah. well give Chandler our best one of these days we'll, we'll have to have you both I know a few weeks ago you he would have been sitting here with me but yeah, yeah we'll have to we'll have to do it sometime when he's in town and he can do this with us yeah I'll have to introduce my wife to you or you to my wife and you guys can I know I know I want to meet her real, yeah. realtor buddies and uh, yes you know swap some stories she's very good at her job and uh, I know you are as well but I got her into it about 10 years ago and I pushed her into it and I said, you're perfect for this personality, yeah. everything. And it's definitely a relationship business, you know, just being able to talk to anybody. I, I tell her all the time. I'm like, you're a therapist. I hear the conversations she has with people, especially first time home buyers or somebody uh-huh. that's got an emotional attachment to their property. And the way she does it, I'm like, you got a psych degree. She's like, oh, I got a teaching degree. I was like, and yeah. See, that's what, you know, so do I. So I feel like teachers we've taught, yes. you know, I'm like, okay, I taught your kids how to read. I can teach you how to buy a house now or how to sell a house. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and I will dumb it down to the first grade level because that's what I'm used to. <laughs> All right, Gina Riggs, uh, thank you so much for the time and coming on. That was such a great conversation. And uh, please, you know, let us know when you want to come back or can come back just to just to come on and chit chat because you're wonderful. I would love to. Thanks y'all so much. Y'all have a good day. Bye, Bye. Gina. Thank you so Bye. much. Bye bye. Thanks. Get off my lawn. It's old man Kevin and the BS is done for right now. Please share, like and support podcastbs.com. It's better than radio. Now get out of here.